Good morning and welcome. And we are joined at this time, as we are every other week, by Congressman Greg Pence, who represents Indiana's 6th Congressional District. Good morning to you, Congressman. Good morning, Tom. How are you today? Oh, not too bad for a Monday. It is uh, Christmas week, but uh, looking forward to the holiday, as I'm sure you are. I sure am. Yes, indeed. So, uh, but uh, before we get there, we have to uh, tackle some uh, some pretty meaty issues that are uh, on the your plate and also that of uh, Congress in general. Uh, for example, I know that uh, you've recently called out the uh, big tech. Uh, you said they're profiting off of Hoosiers using predatory practices. Can you explain that? Yeah, thanks, Tom. So I'm on the Consumer Protection Committee, and uh, this is the third time this fall that we have called a big tech to task. And when I say big tech, I mean Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Amazon, Google, all those folks. Because what's happened, what used to be a great place to go and interact with family, friends, catch up, follow, has turned into a huge money-making scheme where by via the use of algorithms and boosting specific content, big tech is making enormous amounts of money off hatred, anger. Uh, I believe that they created a lot of the division that we're now dealing with in our society by simply sitting back and saying, well, we're protected by law when these people go on on these different venues, we're protected from any liability because that's not us. So unlike you, Tom, or newspapers or televisions that have to uh, regulate, monitor, and ensure that the content that they have is ethical, moral, and correct, big tech doesn't have to do that. And they have knowingly boosted hatred and anger and things like that, and even very nefarious things we won't mention here on the radio and making money off followers and uh, tweets and things like that. And I'm saying it's time for you to be held accountable for this. If you are making money and advertising off this incorrect or illegal content, then you should pay uh, if, if, you've, uh, if people have been harmed by this. And, you know, in the case of, say, say the radio, Tom, they'll take your content and they'll make, they'll make money off that as well and you get no compensation. So they, they're making a lot of money but pretending like they have no responsibility for any of the content. Yet they're boosting it out. I'm going to keep fighting this one. The good news for the listeners, because here's, a, here's the amazing thing to me, Tom. I have yet to talk to anybody that disagrees that this is where we're at with uh, big tech. Everybody feels it, it's in a bad place uh, and on my committee and in Congress. Both Democrats and Republicans all agree that something needs to be done. We want to protect free speech, uh, but uh, we want to figure out how we can hold them accountable and get them to behave themselves and, and not let this hatred continue to spew throughout society. And, and both Democrats and Republicans are all in. We just don't agree 
on how we should do this. I've got some ideas, and we'll keep working on it. And I'm sure you and I will talk about this in, in the coming year because uh, it's gone too far. Uh, when, when you're a person that uh, has had to be responsible in the media like I have and, and, and want to be, and then you see what's happened uh, on social media, um, it's gone too far. So basically what you're uh, aiming for here is uh, you have the uh, obviously the First Amendment freedom of speech, but also uh, with that comes responsibility. Yeah, Tom, the big tech has a protection. It's called uh, Section 230. When they first came out, they said they claimed, look, we're just a whiteboard. So if you and I are, are going back and forth on Facebook, they say, you know, that's, that's between Tom and Greg. That, you know, we're, we're not uh, involved in that at all. But once they started boosting it uh, and make and then selling advertising dollars on how many people followed us, then uh, defamation um, uh, liability seems to me to apply at that point. All right. So that is something that we're definitely going to keep an eye on. And as you said, Congressman, we'll probably be uh, talking about that uh, once uh, we shift into 2022. And um, and also another thing that uh, is on uh, your radar is uh, you and your fellow House Republicans uh, taking the uh, look at the uh, constitutionality of proxy voting to the Supreme Court. Now, uh, can you explain exactly uh, what you mean by proxy voting? Well, Proxy voting, and this happens in the House of Representatives. The Senate does not allow it, but the House of Representatives, the Democrats, when the COVID came out, said, you can just sign a letter if COVID has affected you and you don't have to go to D.C. and vote. You can have somebody vote for you. Now, that sounds pretty practical. That sounds understandable if somebody has COVID, but uh, they want to vote a yes or a no for their constituents. Having a peer in Congress, I don't mean just somebody, anybody, uh, vote for them the way they want them to vote sounds pretty practical. The sad news is, though, now it's turned into 100, 100 people vote by proxy uh, almost every vote. I don't. I have never voted for by proxy. I have never voted for anyone else. By proxy, I enjoined the lawsuit to the Supreme Court saying this is not according to our founders or the Constitution. We're supposed to go to D.C. and represent and vote the way our constituents want us to vote. And so I wish it would go now. I wish my peers who don't go to D.C. Uh, go on. Literally, Tom, I'm going to tell you. People have gone on vacations. They don't, I, you know, it's not because of COVID that they're using the proxy. They're just, they're just zooming it in, if you will. They're not showing up for their job. So I'm going to, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get anything or we're not going to get anything changed between now and the next election next year. But I sure hope we end it for good. I do not, I do not agree with it. Uh, it's been difficult for me at the beginning of COVID. I drove my car out by myself and back, uh, but I went out and represented. And, you know, too many of these people are they're going on junkets or vacations and not going to the, not going to work. So uh, you're saying about uh, out of four hundred and thirty five uh, U.S. representatives, you got about 100 uh, who are uh, voting by proxy, uh, by, as you say. No, z- z- no. No, it's not, not yeah, 100. No, 
each vote will be about 100. About 390 have voted by proxy. Oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we're, it's, it's become the norm. So again, it's uh, all uh, they they blamed it on COVID, but uh, with everything uh, been opening up and everything, uh, you know, again, yeah. you're set, your your position. They should be in D.C. voting. Yeah, Tom. Tom, the the what they signed, the proxy form they signed says, due to COVID, I am unable to attend, and I nominate so and so to vote for me by proxy. Now, I, now, COVID could include I'm taking care of my wife or my mother or I've been exposed or I have COVID, or, but that's not the case. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that as the uh, constitutionality of uh, proxy voting in the House uh, on the uh, Supreme Court. Now, is there um, any timetable for when the, uh, the high court will hear this? I'm not sure the timetable of that or how that works. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes through the court. I'm it, it it's we that we, we actually uh, filed that suit last spring, so you know, kind of drug on a little bit. Oh. Court's in control. All right, and with that, we're going to go ahead and take a timeout, and we'll continue our conversation with Congressman Greg Pence right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to The Daily Pod. I'm Tom Snape as we continue our conversation with Congressman Greg Pence, who represents Indiana's 6th Congressional District. And, uh, Congressman, uh, you recently uh, published an op-ed about concerned parents uh, deserve to be heard and not demonized. And, of course, this is, uh, I'm sure, related to uh, some of the stories we've been hearing about uh, schools around the country, school boards, where uh, parents have uh, objected to uh, what's in their, their, their children's curriculum. Yeah, Tom, this, this, uh, this letter isn't so much um, um, an indictment or a criticism of the school boards as much as it is. There's a National Association of School Boards actually asked the administration and the uh, U.S. Attorney's Office to use the Patriot Act, which is a terrorism act that happened in 9-11, uh, to go after some of these parents that go and disrupt these school boards. Now, Nobody's against, nobody's for violence or people that disrupt a, a board meeting physically. But if you're going there, whether you're mad, you voice your concern, it's our school board. Uh, yeah, we pay for the schools, property tax here in Indiana, each county pays. Um, you know, for the National Association of School Boards to do this, I'm calling for the Indiana Association School Board to withdraw from the National Association because that's, I, we don't, you know, we have so few problems here in Indiana like they have on the national scene. You know, some of these national organizations want to tell all of us what to do all the time, and we do things right. You know, and if parents want to go and express their concern, and this had to do with critical race theory, yes, it did. If people, if parents want to express their concern about what their children should be taught or how they should be taught, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's called the First Amendment. But for the National Association to want to sick the police on parents, the national police, 
the attorney general, the FBI, that's dead wrong. And, and the Indiana uh, Association of School Boards ought to take a look at being associated with that kind of organization. I know one thing that uh, kind of a high profile thing was Loudoun County, Virginia, and that was really kind of it seemed like a kind of a flashpoint for um, Glenn Youngkin uh, being elected governor in Virginia. It was, Tom. You know, we we all watched that happen. But but I can tell you, it's uh, uh, we got we do have some places here in Indiana where um, parents are very, very upset as well. But it gets handled. Uh, you know, but shutting down school board meetings and parents at school board meetings is not how we address it. Uh, we, we let the parents express themselves and work with the superintendent and with the board and say, hey, this, this is what we want taught in our schools. All right. So we're definitely, uh, uh, Chris, that's a, an issue that uh, not going away anytime soon, apparently. So we'll keep an eye on that, well, of course. And yeah, I, I hope that one goes away. I hope we get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Look at the ISTEP scores in so many of the school districts around the country and some of them here in Indiana as well. Uh, scores were pre- have been pretty bad for the last couple of years. Let's get back to the basics. Yeah, and, uh, and too, uh, also a lot of that uh, evolved around the kids' uh, remote learning, I think, is, uh, has really uh, hurt some of the test scores as well. I agree. I agree. And that and that remote learning is how parents found out what was being taught in some of these schools as well. Mm-hmm. They would look over the, their uh, student child's uh, shoulders and say, hey, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's not what that doesn't seem uh, to be what I learned when I was in school. All right. And then uh, with that, uh, we're going to uh, lighten things up a little bit. And uh, let me express a uh, Happy uh, 40th wedding anniversary to uh, you and Mrs. Pence. Well, thanks, Tom. That was yesterday, December 19th. You know, when I hear myself say I've been married 40 years, I can't believe it. I, I, I haven't been that good or that deserving over these 40 years, and I just have to thank Denise uh, for the wonderful support she's given me and our four kids and our 8.8 grandkids. And and everybody was there this weekend, and uh, so we, we just had a wonderful time. So what you're saying is uh, you survived yesterday. <laughs> I, I survived the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it was a weekend extravaganza, oh, yeah. huh? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're grossly outnumbered by little children. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but that's that's still a great thing. And uh, you know, the uh, I saw a, a saying one time where it says uh, a a wedding is an event, but a marriage is an achievement. So it sounds like uh, you've definitely got uh, you've you've achieved something there, Congressman. Yeah, thanks. That's I, I kind of consider it my greatest achievement, Tom. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome, and uh, congratulations to you and uh, and Mrs. Pence on 40 years of uh, wedded bliss and many more to you. And of course, uh, and uh, and of course, uh, as we mentioned, this is uh, the Christmas uh, holidays coming up uh, this week. And uh, as far as uh, your plans and uh, any thoughts and that type of thing, uh, you know, the, the floor is yours, Congressman. Well, we'll we'll go to church uh, Christmas Eve with my mother. It's just going to be Denise and I, uh, and then we will uh, go and see my son and my expecting daughter-in-law. Uh, the, on Christmas Day, and uh, since we've been together with the family, uh, we're going to kind of trim it down a little bit this weekend and spend time with Mom. Mom's going to host us for dinner, and that'll just be three of us. And that'll be the smallest Christmas Eve I've ever had in my life, but 
it's kind of welcome given all the time we spent with everybody so far this year. And I, you know, I hope everybody has somewhere to go and someone to spend Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with this year because it's, it's, it's all about love. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about uh, our faith. And I hope everybody gets a chance to celebrate uh, as we will. All right, well said, and uh, I and I see where the eight point eight grandchildren comes from because I'm going to take it that uh, your uh, daughter-in-law is uh, eight months along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, not a single one of them is over six. Oh wow! <laughs> uh-huh. Lots of little people around, as you said. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. uh, all right, and uh, any, anything else uh, before we uh, cut you loose for the day, Congressman? Yes, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. And Tom, thanks for having me this year, and uh, can't look um, look forward to seeing you next year, being part of it next year. Yeah, I enjoyed our our conversations this year, uh, Congressman, and I look forward to more of the same next year. So, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you too, sir. All right, God bless. Once again, our thanks to Congressman Greg Pence for joining us this morning. I'm Tom Snape for The Daily Pod.